it's one of the most commonly diagnosed cancers in the country among women. So we're discussing breast cancer prevention and getting to know an oncologist that treats the disease. This is One on One with Regional One Health, your inside look at how we're building healthier tomorrows for our patients and our community. Join us as we get to know some of the individuals who help provide life-saving, life-changing care for our community. Thanks for listening. I'm Joey Waller. Our guest, Dr. Arundam Bagchi. He's medical oncologist at Regional One Health Cancer Care. Doctor, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Pleasure. Same here. So first, tell us a little bit about what motivated you to become an oncologist specializing in breast cancer treatment and what first brought you to Memphis? Well, that's a long story going long way back. So when I was little, it all started from there because I was very small, too little to understand, but sadly I lost my mother to a cancer. So that was kind of one of the planting seeds, but I was maybe six, seven years of age, but we're too little to know about all those things at that age. But then as we grew up, biology and medical sciences actually made a lot of I would say, sense, and was an attractive topic to read and study. And somewhere along my high school life, I thought, yeah, this is interesting. I wouldn't mind going deeper into this. And that's where kind of the dream of becoming a doctor, studying medicine, and then doing that for the future long term came up and just worked hard after it. And once I went back and realized, okay, this has had a big impact on my life when I was little, it just made sense to just make a difference in that specific field of cancer. And I chose thereafter to come to the United States to pursue further education. And then when I rotated at one of the bigger hospitals in this country, Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York as a student, that's what really kind of cemented that foundation that, yes, this can make the biggest difference in life, and I love the science, and this is what I should be doing. So, yeah, then just rolled along, got into a medical residency program in New York City, and then specialized in oncology. Lots of years of training, but once I got into practice and about five, six years ago, it was tremendous. It was just sometimes just sit back and relax what you've done, and it's moving at such a fast pace to help patients going through cancer and making a huge difference in the field of cancer medicine. That's what drove me in the past and hopefully still will drive me in the future too. Well, sorry to hear that you lost your mom to cancer so young. How do you think that's further shaped your passion or your approach in this field? So as I said, it's a tremendous loss to have a close family member if you lose them to cancer. I kind of experienced that firsthand when I was younger, so I can relate to that perspective whenever the patients and their family members are in front of me and we are talking about cancer, how good or bad it is, and how the treatments will make a difference. It has come a long way, and I feel that the signs, and especially the doctors and everybody who has worked in this field has made such a huge difference that nowadays, if you're talking 2023, it's a totally different field that it was before. So I think there's a huge difference. And of course, people who have made this field like this with all the innovations, new drugs, new strategies and therapies have all the accolades. And that's what I try to do, just help connect the big research, the medicines that are there to patients who need them in my clinic and in my practice. And 
try and make that difference grow along. Well, you mentioned there's a big difference in treatment during the time you've been involved. In a nutshell, what would you say is the biggest change between when you got started and today? I would say the biggest change, there have been so many that it's difficult to really pinpoint to one because different changes that have happened have different effects in some way or the other. I would say two big changes would be in cancer medicine. Since when I was a medical student, 2012, 2013, and coming right now is the immunotherapy that started off with skin cancers and now they are used in almost every cancer as part of cancer treatments, either by themselves or with other medicines. And the second one would be the targeted treatments, which are now coming on and making huge strides in cancer medicine. Mainly what it means is that we found some targets in the cancer, in the tumor, and there are medicines which attack that specific target and create that medical difference and response to the cancer. Now, breast cancer, of course, can impact women of all ages, all races, regardless of risk factors. So what would you say is the main key or two to meeting the needs of such a diverse group in what you do? One of the leading cancers in the country, if you see the SEER database numbers, and it's diverse because if you see the age groups, as you rightly said, and the diverse population in our country, and that's why we have guidelines that take into account all that diversity in terms of age and ethnic backgrounds and everything, guidelines to do screening with screening mammograms for women who are basically in general population. If the women have average risk of cancer, which means they do not have any other factors which will increase their risk in the future, start at age 45. But again, all those groups of individuals are not the same. They're diverse also because they have different risks. Now, if somebody has a risk factor in their family, family members who have had cancers, or if they have certain genetic conditions, then those are deemed to be at higher risk. And for those higher-risk individuals, the strategies are different. They start screening for these cancers earlier. Screening means we are trying to detect the cancer in a very, very early stage before it announces itself. So those are the strategies by which we try to find cancers early and they're applicable to all these diverse groups based on what detail groups they fall in. It just seems more and more in the medical world overall that early prevention is the key to almost anything. How about the fact that, doctor, just the words breast cancer can be so scary to patients, to their loved ones. How do you approach trying to allay those fears? It's very important because, of course, when somebody's faced with that diagnosis, it's a life-changing diagnosis for anybody who has that. And it's very natural to be overwhelmed and be scared because we don't know what that's going to mean for their future, for their present, for their loved ones. In that situation, I think it's very important to have a team, medical team of experts that help you in that situation to guide you through the treatment, through that process, because it's a process, it's a journey overall. Now, what my take in that situation is that, of course, all breast cancers are not the same. Breast cancer diagnosis by itself, it's an umbrella. And there are so many different types of breast cancers under that umbrella. So overall, what treatment? What will be the outcome? And what other things that we will do in that situation? 
will depend upon, of course, the type of breast cancer that one may have, whether it's hormone receptor positive or negative, or there are other markers that are positive in that breast cancer situation. And also the other factors which guide in what we would do would be the staging. For example, it's very important to know whether it's an early stage localized breast cancer or has it gone to the lymph nodes associated with the breast under the arm or has it gone somewhere else. So depending on all those factors, once we know all those pieces of information, we can make that plan. And the early we find it, the more curable it is. And that's why the importance of screening comes in so important in this group. When you're doing such life-changing, life-saving work in many cases, what motivates you on a daily basis, would you say, to deliver the best possible care to your patients? Well, the most motivating factor is that we are making a difference in those patients' lives and we are being driven by the science that's behind us because the science is improving each moment, like some discoveries are happening each moment. And I know it sounds very cliche, but if we give it time, maybe one discovery that happened at this moment, in the future, that will lead to be one of the medicines which will get approved and make a difference. And that's what has happened over the many years. The way we treat breast cancer now is totally different than how we approached it, say, 10 years ago. And it will probably be different how we will approach it maybe six, seven years down the line because of so many new tests, so many new treatments that have come in which make a difference, which are coming in and they were not heard of or they were not being used, let's say, four years ago. But now we are using them. They have shown to be beneficial and they are making differences in lives, prolonging lives of patients and getting rid of the cancer. So that's one of the most important things that keeps driving me to do the best for the patient because there's no one cap that fits everybody. For a patient that is there, we have to take into account personal factors, the cancer factors, like I said, the specific information about their cancer, and tailor the treatment to give the best possible treatment to that patient in front of us. And guidelines, there are national guidelines which help us in doing that because of the new discoveries that are coming up every month. They keep changing, and that's why we try to keep up with that and keep driving ourselves to be the best that we can do. Gotcha. A couple of other things. First, to unwind when you're not doing this work that's so critical, what are some of your interests or hobbies? So this is very critical work, and I'm glad you asked that question. It's a little difficult for me to take my brain away from reading about breast cancer and other cancers and discoveries. So even when I'm not working, I kind of still, reading has become kind of a hobby. <laughs> I don't know if it can be a work-related hobby, but a hobby. But yes, I love reading about cancer science and then new discoveries and whatever's going on. Other than that, when I'm really, really very focused on taking my mind off work-related reading and work, I do like to travel and do like to spend time with my kids and also listen to some music. So... I hope, doctor, that at least when you're doing all this cancer-related reading away from work, that you have a nice spot or two that you love where you can do it, right? Yes, and that's my ideal vacation getaway, is to sit on a nice spot 
take some nice deep breaths and if i'm getting lost in some thoughts then maybe read read an article and read a couple of other things and then get back to my relaxing ways i know it might sound very strange but as a mind which keeps rolling around and doing reading all these works and connecting the discoveries to the patients it's kind of wired in that way and i like it that you cannot get rid of the scientific mind that's in there <laughs> No, I'm with you. I don't think it sounds strange at all because I'm sure you'd agree that many, if not most people that are that passionate about their work do take it home with them to some degree, even if it cuts into their pleasure time as a form of extended pleasure, right? Let me ask you one other thing just to kind of put a bow on this and end where we began. Getting back to losing your mom so young, is there ever an instance in dealing with your patients based on a certain diagnosis or whatever the case may be, where you feel it appropriate that you share that with them, that you've been personally touched by cancer? Yes, there have been instances in the past. As physicians, we are always taught you have to keep your emotion and a lot of personal feelings and thoughts away from your professional aspects of your work, especially because that can have the potential to interfere with your judgment and all the decisions that we make for our patients with them. But there have been instances that, yes, I have had the opportunity to share that with some patients. And that has actually worked in a better way to have or strengthen that bond, not only as doctor and patient bond, but also the bond between two individuals. If you look beyond me in a white coat and the patient who's going through the treatment journey, if you look beyond that, that has in a lot of ways helped cement the bond between two individuals who are talking to each other and trying to come for the greater cause of helping the patient that's in the room. Indeed, recognizing the fact that before doctor-patient, you're just human to human. That's great to hear. Well, folks, we trust you're now more familiar with breast cancer prevention and the very interesting background of Dr. Arundam Bakchi. Dr. Bakchi, Great to meet you, and thanks so much again. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Same here. And you can learn more about Regional One Health Cancer Care by visiting regionalonehealth.org forward slash cancer hyphen care forward slash. Again, that's regionalonehealth.org forward slash cancer hyphen care forward slash. Or for an appointment, please call 901-515-HOPE, H-O-P-E. Again, 901-515-4673. Now, if you found this podcast helpful, please do share it on your social media. And thanks again for making one-on-one -on -one with Regional One Health part of your journey to better health. Join us next time as we introduce you to another member of the Regional One Health family. Hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Waller.